in the Word. And uh, thank God for people in the Word. So I'll help you any way I can. If you would like the outline, you just let me know. I'll get it to you. But for note takers, Deuteronomy 6.23. Again, this is, um, this is the, the finale, if you will, of this series. It's been a real blessing. I've had a lot of comments from people that have said it really has opened up to them a new dimension of uh, a new way of seeing the Lord and the power of God moving in their life. And uh, I just know God is calling us into greater active service for Him. So this scripture <clears throat> comes at a time Moses is 120 years old. Forty years earlier, he had led the children of Israel out of Egypt and into the promised land. He has been like a mother to them, leading them through the wilderness for 40 years. And he is now rehearsing their history of God delivering them out of slavery. They're now about to enter the promised land, and there's going to be a leadership change. God said there needed to be a leadership change, and we're going to, we're going to transition from Moses to Joshua. And both Pastor Moses and Pastor Joshua both represent the ministry of Jesus Christ. And there's a reason for that, and it's in this verse. Moses says to them, as they're about to enter in, and he spoke to them and he says, And God brought us out from there, out from Egypt, out from slavery, that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give to our fathers. So as we've been sharing, God brings us out of darkness so that he can bring us in not just to light, but bring us into serving Him. Coming out of a bad situation doesn't necessarily land you in a good situation. Coming out of bad decisions don't automatically mean you've made a good decision. They came out of slavery and landed in the wilderness. They weren't ready yet to go in to the land of promise. 40-day journey turns into 40 years. I'm not going to re-preach it or cover it, but there's reasons for all of it. The most important thing as we finish up that you want to remember is that during the wilderness wanderings for 40 years, the Bible says God led them by the hand. Moses was like a mother to them. And the wilderness was all about them having their needs met. All about God responding to their complaints and responding to their needs, which the Lord doesn't mind doing. But... God's purpose in bringing them out of slavery was not to free them from slavery. If God's purpose were to free them from slavery, there were plenty of other slaves left under the bondage of slavery in the world. He could have just gone from there and gone into all the nations of the world and freed all the slaves. But he didn't. Because his reason for bringing them out of slavery was not fulfilled just by their freedom. His purpose was that they would enter a land that he had sworn to their forefather, Abraham, 400 years earlier, and that in that land, they would serve him. They would become like a leader to the world. And through their relationship with God, the world would see a living example of people reflecting relationship with God. And that would be a, a light to the nations. And that was their purpose, that they would enter that land of promise and through their lives serve the Lord. So God's end game is us serving the Lord, not just us being free from sin, but us serving Him. Can you say amen if you understand what I'm talking about? Now, Israel's journey from being the slave labor force of Egypt 
to nationhood in the promised land is ultimately all about God's promise to restore man to his destiny. Everyone say destiny. So this morning's message is all about destiny because the story of the Exodus and the entrance into the promised land, like I said, is about something much more important than just freedom from bondage or freedom from slavery. And it's much more important than just God bringing us into a place where we can have our own home and grow our own food and, and provide for ourselves. There's something beyond that. There was a thing that was lost and left behind in the garden. And God's ultimate plan was to bring that thing back and bring us back into it. And it was called destiny. Everyone say it one more time. Destiny. So this story of Moses, who represents Jesus bringing them out, and Joshua, who represents Jesus bringing them in, this story is all about Jesus coming and delivering us from sin in order to bring us into our destiny. Jesus redeemed you to restore your destiny. You have a destiny and Jesus coming is the beginning of that destiny. Let me talk with you a little bit about the difference between destiny and the word fate. We all know about the word fate. We get the word fatalism from it. We interchange these words, but they really are two different things. Destiny is the life God planned and provided for you to live. Amen. Destiny exists because purpose exists. Destiny exists because there is a purpose for you that you can choose. But destinies must be chosen. They're not automatic. They are a series of decisions all the days of our life, stepping one step after the other into our destiny. And through our obedience to following Jesus, we choose that destiny. So destiny exists because there, has, there is a real purpose that God has before us, and you can choose it. It's the life He's planned and purpose for you. Ephesians 1.11 says, in Jesus, we were assigned an inheritance, having been foreordained according to the purpose of Him who works all things after the counsel of His will. Again, the foreordination, the fact that God not only foreknew us, but He planned, set aside a supply, planned out a route, cleared that route, laid along that route that God wants you to walk in life, provision. For example, when Jesus said to the disciples, get into the boat, let's go over to the other side. You remember that? And they were crossing at night, Lake Galilee. What happened? Big storm came up in the middle of the night. They all thought they were going to die. They wake up Jesus, who's asleep in the back of the boat, and they said, Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? But Jesus knew something they didn't know. Jesus was following destiny. In fact, he was laying out our destiny. You see, Jesus didn't say to them, get into the boat, we're going to go across, but we might die, there's a storm that's going to come up. Because he knew that the Father had already invested in him, in his destiny, as God made flesh, as our Savior, as the Son of God. God put 
salvation from the storm out there in the middle of that lake. So when they got to that spot, even though they were surprised by it, frightened by it, thought they were going to die, there was already a provision there. If they would take hold of their destiny, guess what? They might die by drowning one day, but it wouldn't be that day. Wouldn't be that day. Amen? Amen. So the Bible says in Jesus, you were assigned an inheritance, having been foreordained according to the purpose of God, who works all things after the counsel of his will. So our destiny is in the purpose of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, faith's a little different. As I said, destiny is the life God planned and provided for you. But faith, fate, if you will, is the inescapable result of a life lived without making the effort to choose Jesus and his destiny for you. If you ignore, avoid choosing Jesus and his destiny for you, then you, by default, settle for fate, as fate may have it. Now, that doesn't mean that everything in your life is a prescription, that no matter what you do, that's what's going to happen. But fate is kind of an ultimate thing. Ultimately, if you don't choose your destiny in Christ, fate says that your final destination will be eternity without Jesus. And that, of course, is spent in hell and in, out of dark, in outer darkness. Now, fate exists because sin is real. And its curse imposes a consequence on separation from God. Uh, it, it imposes a a consequence of separation from God upon the fallen race of man. So when Adam fell, fate entered the world. And that fate was expressed first when God said, in the day that you rebel against me, eating the fruit and so forth, dying you will die. That will be the fate. Now, how you get to that point, how you end up in that fate, may be different in everybody's case, may be more severe by physical standards than others, but the fact is everybody will succumb to the same fate who have forsaken their destiny or lost their destiny in Christ. So fate is obviously not something that we want to live by. Romans 6.23, many of you are familiar with, says, For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So God offers a destiny to escape fate's judgment. It's called salvation through Jesus Christ. So if we want to keep paring this down to a simple definition, fate is the result of ignoring destiny. You have a destiny this morning. You began to enter that destiny the day you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But it didn't end there. It just began there. That's why we call Christianity a walk. That's why the Apostle Paul said in Philippians, I have not yet arrived. I continue to follow after. I forget the things behind. He's in a process. He is walking out his destiny, choosing it every day, taking up his cross, as Jesus said. If you want to save your life, set it aside and choose me. Yes. Daily take up your cross, Jesus said. My goodness, we, we need this message in the church today. Can you say praise the Lord? You know, I don't want to be critical. I'm a happy guy. I'm a positive person for the most part. So I don't mean this to be critical, 
But boy, if ever the church needed to hear the message of true destiny and put up against the reality of fate, the deliverance and the message of taking up our cross and following Jesus against the backdrop of sin. If ever the church needed that message, today is the day. Instead of witty little uh, life improvement, uh, uh, um, what, what would you call them? Little kind of devotional messages that, uh, that, that uh, you know, uh, uh, make people happy, you know, and, and temporarily and send them on their way. We need a word that people can live by. Can you say amen? amen? Something that puts us in touch with reality. When I say reality, I'm talking about the reason why things are the way they are. You know, all these little life talks that you get from the pulpit today are worthless if people don't understand that they're in a spiritual battle. That what's really going on in life is fate is fighting against your destiny. That every single day there is a real enemy out there trying to devour and push you out of pursuit of your destiny and into the fate of consequences. That is what people need to know and understand. Can you say amen? amen? So fate is the result of ignoring destiny. In spiritual terms, we could say it like this. Death and hell is the inescapable fate of ignoring Jesus. It's so true, isn't it? If that weren't true, Jesus was wasting his time coming to the world to just give us a nice little lesson about how to love everybody. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3 says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? There's a consequence to neglecting your destiny. Destiny is not an option for the Christian. Destiny is a command. Fight the fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life, the Bible says. Reach out, take hold of it. And by the way, when you enter the promised land, it is filled with milk and honey. Yeah. And a little bit of blood. It's the blood we shed. It's the struggle we go through in order to lay hold of our destiny. That fight of faith is called the good fight because it's worth it. The devil wants, as Giselle said, you to waste all your energy fighting consequences, fighting fate. You don't need to fight fate as a Christian. What you need to do is obey God and follow Jesus Christ. Then your fight can be worth something. Then the effort that you expend, the blood you shed, the sweat, the tears, the time put into prayer, in time put into the Word, time and put into an effort put into obeying the Lord, saying no to self, saying yes to God, will produce something for you. A far greater weight of glory is waiting for the child of God today. Not special Christians, not special anointed people, but everyone who names the name of Jesus takes up their cross and follows Him. Can you say amen? amen. Hebrews 12.25 also puts it like this. Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to Jesus, the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape, when they refuse to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. Destiny is before you. You must choose it. So to summarize a practical distinction between destiny and fate, with both a warning and a hope, let me say it like this. Fate. Fate. 
is your normal development if you don't follow Jesus. You could be fatal and rich. You could be fatal and healthy. You could be fatal and poor. But fate rules your life. If you don't follow Jesus, fate is the life that you are living. And the warning that goes along with fate is that fate is deceptive with its occasional rising curve. We start ascending in life. We come out of school. We go to college. Hope is on the horizon. How many of you have ever been to a commencement speech and it was a downer? Well, I've just put four, six, or eight years into my education, and I'm prepared to go out in the world and just try to get by in this miserable life. Every commencement speech you hear, you hear people say, oh, we're going to change the world. We are the world changers. Everybody came before us. They failed, but not us. We're full of hope. We're going to change everything. My God, we're going to bring peace to the world. We're going to bring prosperity to everybody. And so kids come out of school, they come out of college, they're just filled with all this idealism, and good for them, they're going to need it. <laughs> Older people sit back and just go, congratulations, you worked hard. Life's got yet another lesson for you, don't worry. You'll learn it as you get out there. But the fact of the matter is that fate, if you don't follow Jesus, is deceptive because as you get those raises in life and you buy your home and and the very you get married and things are looking up it fills you with the sense of oh this is I'm on the right track things are good but if you're not following Jesus Christ what is that old expression the shoot to hell is greased with good intentions or something that's a little overly dramatic but but you get the idea. Like, I, I hate being negative, but I just figured I'd put that out there. Um, so fate is deceptive because occasionally on the journey in a life on the path of faith, there are these rises. But ultimately, they all come crashing down, falling into a death without God. The end of everybody, rich, poor, educated, uneducated, Friends, no friends, rejected, accepted, popular, infamous, doesn't matter. That end that fate has for everybody who does not pursue their destiny in Christ is the same. It strips every son of Adam, and they all leave this world naked and broken. So that's fate. Doesn't sound very good. But uh, there is a verse that, that I think that Jesus just just put it in the perfect expression. Um, in Matthew chapter 16, when he said, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. Now, this is Jesus talking. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? He's talking about fate. He's saying if you pursue your own life, your fate is it. You're choosing your fate, and you can't escape it. It's an inescapable fate. Now, destiny, on the other hand, destiny will never force itself on you, but it is waiting. It's knocking at the door. Revelation, 
The message Jesus spoke to the Laodicean church, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens, I will come in. What a promise. Destiny is your potential waiting to happen as you follow Jesus. Amen. Let me say it again. Destiny is your potential waiting to happen. And every one of you have a potential. Every one of you have a destiny waiting to happen as you follow Jesus. And contrary to the warning that goes along with fate, there's a message of hope that goes along with your destiny. Destiny, when you're living your destiny in Christ, destiny continues to rebound from your occasional falls and ultimately ascends in triumph in heaven. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. Isn't it awesome when you follow Jesus? And I don't advocate putting this to the test. I simply say you will find it out. That when you go out and do stupid things, and you will go out and do stupid things as a Christian, when you go out and fail, when you occasionally just get emotional and rebel and go wild, no matter what you've done, what mess you've gotten yourself into, as a Christian, as a child of God, when you fall flat on your face, destiny, if you keep following Jesus, will pick you up and you get to rebound. You get to shoot for that basket one more time. And you know, there's no limit to those rebounds. The Bible says the righteous falls seven times, but he gets up again. Destiny will keep picking you up, and eventually, Jesus, if you're following him, will march you through those pearly gates into eternal glory. Hallelujah. And that which was partial, that which was clay, that which was uh, imperfect, will enjoy the perfect serenity and peace of eternal fellowship with the living God. It doesn't matter that you're imperfect. It doesn't matter that you make mistakes. What matters is that you believe that God has a personal destiny for you and that you are following Jesus, trusting Him to walk you into your destiny. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Now let me shift gears a little bit and take the remaining few minutes and share with you a little bit a practical exhortation about destiny versus fate. And I would start by putting the question before you. Are you choosing your destiny today? Or are you living your fate? Are you choosing your destiny or are you living your fate? That's a great question all of us ought to ask. If we go back to Moses and Joshua and the children of Israel through the process of coming out of slavery, across the, across the wilderness and then eventually into the promised land where they went from slavery to nationhood, we can see the difference between living your destiny and choosing your fate. God sent Moses to deliver the slaves from their fate in Egypt. Now, they were the offspring of Abraham. They didn't know it, but they had a covenant with God. They were God's covenant people, but they were living a fatalistic life. They were living under the fate of slavery. They were owned, though they were God's people, they were owned 
by the pharaohs of Egypt. They were his personal slave labor force. God delivered them from fate and then led them to their destiny in the promised land and exhorted them, serve the Lord, pursue your destiny. It was all about in the wilderness getting them focused on their destiny. And that new generation rose up and they took hold. They took hold of the vision. They believed the teaching of Moses and Joshua. They believed that they had a destiny. And so they were ready to enter in. Not like their parents who at Kadesh Barnea 40 years before were afraid. They didn't believe they had a destiny. When it came right down to it, they were used to having God do everything for them. Oh, gee, you're, you don't have any food. Here's a miracle. Here's some, some miracle food. Oh, your clothes are rotting. Here's some miracle clothing. Oh, your enemies are hassling you. Don't worry. You don't have to fight. I'm going to take care of them for you. And so these were not a people. They still had slave mentality. These were not a people who were ready to take hold and fight the fight of faith to take hold of their destiny. You see, when you know that you have a destiny in God, you will put yourself in harm's way. You'll risk yourself in obedience to God. You'll be willing to go out and put yourself forward because you know that no matter what battle or struggle you have to go through, God will bring you through because it's your destiny. But if you don't know that you have a destiny and you face giants in the promised land, you'll do what the parents did. You'll turn away. But the children entered. And so they went from their fate to their destiny through the ministry of Joshua. Likewise, God sent Jesus to deliver you from the fate of hell and to lead you into your destiny in Jesus Christ. What is that destiny? We have a hint of it in the garden when God made Adam and Eve. And he said, rule, have dominion and multiply over the face of the earth. I have made this world, and I have made you the ruler of this world. You will be under me, but under me you will have authority over this planet and over everything that goes on on this planet. Because I've made you in my image and likeness, you will be my people. And as long as we're in harmony and fellowship, your destiny is to rule and to reign. And who knew, who knew? where that destiny would lead, or what God has for us in the eternity that stretches out before us. We don't know what God has prepared for those that love Him. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, but we know this, it's greater than we could even imagine. Hallelujah. It bothers me when I think that I might go to be with the Lord one day, and He hands me a fishing pole and leads me by celestial streams, slowly just looping across my little heavenly five-acre property and says, there you go, Nick. Good boy. Good man. You get to, you want barbecue? Just snap your fingers, it'll be there. Here's your fishing pole. You're just going to have a great old time. I could probably enjoy that for about a month, a year or so, but eternity? Who? man. No, God has an eternity that's filled with purpose. I don't know what it is, but I know that he said several times in his parables, you were faithful with ten talents. Here are ten cities. Manage those. You talk about a job. You talk about a purpose. 
You talk about God building through eternity. I don't know what he's going to build, but I know that it's exponential. And he plans for everyone who has pursued Jesus through their destiny to rule and reign with him through eternity. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know about you, but I am looking forward to it because it's greater than my best day here. Hallelujah. It's going to be awesome. Somebody say praise the Lord. So God has a destiny for you. Psalm 139.16 says, Your eyes saw me when I was inside the womb. All the days ordained for me were recorded in your scroll before one of them came into existence. So God has a plan for you. Not only does he have a plan, but just like when he told them to go into the boat and get across on the other side, they thought they were going to die when the storm came up. He's already provided along the way everything you need to succeed and prosper, to be victorious and triumphant. You may not feel that you have it now, but if you're following Jesus, destiny will see to it that you have what you need when the challenge arises. God has provided for you to succeed in your destiny in Christ. And Paul tells us as much in second excuse me in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 when he says we are God's masterpiece. Stop for a moment and just chew on that. We are God's masterpiece. I know that he does not make flawed stuff. God is improving us. He is leading us through our destiny into perfection. Hallelujah. I haven't arrived yet, but I know that I'm on my way as long as I believe that I have a purpose in this world, that there's a destiny for me, that I could wake up any morning and feel like, well, I don't really know what to do. You know, uh, we worked out that problem, but now i got all kinds of other problems. I'm not sure what to do. And sometimes even Christians wake up and they don't feel they have a purpose. You don't have a sense of direction, especially on those days when you don't have a sense of direction. You feel everybody else is living an important life, but my life is not important. There's nothing significant about me. I want to tell you today that you are important and significant, and God has a plan for your life. He has also made provision for that plan. Let me go on in Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Jesus Christ so we can do the good things He planned and prepared ahead of time for us long ago. So God has already prepared not only works, but successful works with all that is needed to complete them. Whatever God's called you to do, you can do that thing. The Lord's not only ordained it, He's provided for it. Can you say praise Him? Hallelujah. The Lord has a role for you to play in this life. Please believe and receive that today. One in which He's already committed His grace and His mighty power to you to be able to fulfill that role as you go through life. But since destiny must be chosen, it can be missed. You can fail to choose destiny, and you can miss your destiny by foolishly choosing money or popularity, lust or power over choosing Jesus. 
We are tempted with these things all the time. Money, power, popularity, lust, and all of its different forms. These things come to every man and every woman to test them. And God, test does not come from God. God does not tempt anybody, the Bible says in James chapter 1. But the world itself puts those tests to try to draw you off into fatalism rather than following your destiny in Christ. So you must choose that destiny. But in the day that you turn away from that choice, you're no longer interested. You no longer believe that there's a destiny for you in Christ. You turn away, you forsake it, and you foolishly choose to live for those things of the world. That is the day that you enter into the curse of fatalism, of fate. And the Bible warns that even Christians can move off the path of their destiny, get saved and then live the rest of their life fatalistically, and the Bible says they'll be saved. He'll bring them into paradise. He'll bring them into heaven. He'll bring them home because he put that foundation in them, and they're saved, but their works will be burned up. Their whole life, all that they pursued, all that they did, was burned up in that test in the moment when the fiery eyes of Jesus looked through the souls of men. There will be no destiny having been lived and pursued in your life. It's so important to not just live for Jesus in the religious sense of the word, but to really live for Jesus every day. Follow Him. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 6 and 32, just so that you understand, if you choose sin over the option of following Jesus, you bring yourself under fate. There's so many people today that, that are under the heel of, of the curse, and they believe that's their lot in life. They, they believe in fatalism. But that's not what the Bible teaches. Proverbs 6 and 32 says, A man who commits adultery with a woman lacks wisdom. Whoever does it destroys his own soul. Destroys his own soul. He brings destruction upon himself. When we turn away from the word of God and we pursue the things the devil trolls before us, we destroy ourselves. It's not fate. It's not our destiny. Let me say it to you like this. It's not destiny. When someone loses their job, loses their family, or their freedom because they've chosen addiction or drugs or sin or violence or corruption, and they lose everything, it's not their destiny. It's their fate, the fate that they have chosen. Proverbs 19 and 3 says, People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. Wow. Wow. That is so true. People wreck their lives, shipwreck their lives, and then sit in the consequences that they have come to and become angry at God, say, this is my fate. God doesn't love me. I've watched more people walk away from the Lord, walk out of church fussing, uh, um, have an attitude that, oh, well, the Lord loves those people, but he doesn't love me. God's favored them, and he hasn't favored me. And the scripture says they come to that decision where they are angry at God, but their foolishness has brought their soul into that place. And you want to pray for them and reach out for them for the grace of God because that destiny is still holding 
knocking at the door. Destiny is still there, calling. You can return to it any time. The Lord doesn't turn away. He is faithful. He is long-suffering. Can you say amen? amen? Look at the grace of God. Romans 5, 17 and verse 20 says, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, over the whole race of man. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. And then it goes down to verse 21 and says, Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Here's our altar call this morning. Wherever we're at in our life, it's this. Even if you're in the shackles of fate, and have gotten yourself into something today. Listen, because the voice of grace is calling out to you where you're at. Your destiny is calling you. The Lord never stops. Destiny is calling you out of those shackles. You know, it is absolutely wonderful. It's amazing but even though disregarding God's word leads us into fate's consequences, God does not permit fate to rule over life. Grace rules. In this universe that God's created, there's a thing called resurrection. And the law of the spirit of life in Christ, Romans 8 tells us, has set us free from the law of sin and death. Grace rules in this universe. God has set things up so that there's nothing stronger than love. There's nothing greater than the grace of God. You may have gotten yourself shackled and bound by fate through consequences, but there's no situation that the Lord cannot call you out of. You have only but to call on the name of Jesus. Your destiny is there speaking, calling you. Don't give up. Don't let the devil talk to you. He'll speak to you and he'll say to you, it's too late for you. You've, so many years, you've put yourself in this pattern. Oh, you know, you'll, you'll go to be with the Lord when you, when you die and you leave this world. But it's too late for you to have a powerful or a fruitful or meaningful life. Don't listen to the lie of the devil. He is God who is able to restore the years that the worm has eaten. He is able to break off the cancer and the canker and make you new and shiny and restore you. You may feel as though you've spent the most valuable parts of your life on foolishness and you can't get it back. Yes, there are things in this world that you cannot reverse, but there's something called grace. There's something called the resurrection of Jesus that even though he was dead, and all the world felt that death was final. You can't undie, but Jesus punched through death and came out the other side. Maybe you have failed. Maybe you have lost some things in this life. Maybe you have foolishly had opportunities and let them get away from you. But I'm here to tell you today, there is still destiny on the other side. God could bring opportunities back. God may not be able to bring back some things that you've lost, but he could do something even better in place. 
through the resurrection and the grace of Jesus Christ, God has a life for you and you can catch up with it. If you feel that it has gone off and left you behind, you can catch up with that life. Grace is here to bring you back into your destiny. And my prayer today is in our, in our altar call that you will say, Lord, like blind Bartimaeus, they tried to shut him up, he's screaming, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they tried to quiet him. My prayer today is you'll be like blind Bartimaeus and you'll say, there goes my destiny. There he goes. And that you'll get up and say, you know what, maybe I'm blind, but I think he could do something about it. Maybe I've blown some chances, but I think he could do something about it. I believe I can catch up through Jesus. I said I believe I can catch up Amen. through Jesus. He can restore what the devil has stolen. It's not too late. Stand with me this morning. Hallelujah. We like to say it. We get these bumper stickers, God is good, and people say all the time. But I'm here to tell you today, God is good. He's better than you know. He's gooder than you realize. And he wants to be good towards you. We heard it prophetically coming from Pastor Terry this morning. The Lord said, why haven't you called out to me? I have blessing for you. I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit confirming this message through him today. He had no idea. We didn't talk. Saying, I have destiny for you. Reach out and take it. You may have been among Christians who said, well, you... God had a purpose for your life or a calling or something he wanted you to, but that opportunity is gone. Man may disapprove. Man may put you away through disapproval. But the Bible says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. There's no shadow of turning in Jesus. No changing his mind. It's yes and amen with the Lord. Hallelujah. So Rhema word from God today for somebody. Hallelujah. If you're hearing it and you believe the Holy Spirit speaking to you, I just want to invite you to come down to this altar this morning. Just to come that we can take a moment and make contact and pray and believe God to renew you in your destiny today. Come. If there's anybody the Lord is speaking to, speaking to you in your heart, come. Come and let the Lord revive let him renew maybe you just need a confirmation and this message today confirms to your heart i am significant i'm important to the lord god loves me and i matter in this life